It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Woo! On today's Locked On special crossover event, we're talking Padres, not just Padres, but also Reds, and also sadness, and how both of our teams are a mess. Usually at this time, I would play a little video clip intro, but since it is a crossover event, instead, I will start by saying, greetings, Mr. Jeff Carr. How are you doing? Host of Locked On Reds. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a miserable time for both of us, but uh, how are you doing just in general? Javi, man, I, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I, I got to admit, for the first time in my lifetime, the football teams in this town have assuaged my grief for the baseball team. That never happens. Wow. It's, just, it's just usually grief on top of grief here in Cincinnati. But for once, it was a good week in football. So at least that helped out. But yeah, we're about to talk about the baseball side of things. And I, I got to tell you, like, it's ironic because the Reds won 83 games. That's the fifth most wins they've had since the turn of the century, which is both a commentary on how terrible these last 21 years have been and sort of a yay, we we played good somewhat in 2021. So when I look at this season, it's just a lot of emotions. And I, I kind of vented a little bit to, to myself uh, earlier. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, man, we're ready to go. And remember, as always, thanks, everybody, for making Locked On Padres, and in this case, also Locked On Reds, your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Just got to give that plug in there. They've been like they've been telling us a lot, Jeff, to say that a lot. That we're the first hashtag listen. first listen. Yeah, hashtag yeah. first listen, man. It's a big hashtag. Stay tuned. We're turning into a thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, what you mentioned, the thing that I the reason why I wanted to talk to you uh, first and foremost is because obviously, I think there was a point maybe like. Not even maybe it was definitely a point. It was like like mid July, around kind of after the All Star break, when everyone was like, "Wow, it's between the Padres and the Reds." And we at first thought it was going to be between Dodgers and Padres for the NL West crown. The Reds did sneak a little bit in there. I think this year, a lot of people thought it was St. Louis all the way going to win the division, and then Milwaukee very early on kind of proved that that was not going to be the case. Um, for sure. We already knew the Pirates were bad, but Milwaukee is just wiping everybody out with their pitching. And then, you know, there's like a series of issues and we're going to break down all of them. But basically the, the fundamental common thing is that Reds, Padres, I remember, you remember the schedule breakdown? They're like, uh oh, I think the Reds have a little bit more of a t- of, of a of a chance because their schedule is easier as if strength <laughs> of schedule in my opinion has ever really mattered that much in baseball that's just me in football sometimes when it's like the last four games of the season and you need to win all four but you're playing like the buccaneers the ram and the packers <laughs> like yeah that's probably a disadvantage but in baseball it's like i don't know man the reds are playing games against the pirates and losing them what do you think was kind of kind of fall off what's the big with the reds in terms of just not that second wild card spot as far as as far as overarching for the year, it's interesting because Sully tried, and, and I appreciate Sully for trying to doing this. He tried to kind of 
soften the blow a little bit and say that, you know, there, it seemed like the Reds were overachieving for a little bit during the season. And then they kind of came back down to earth in a really hard way while the Cardinals decided to have their best winning streak in their franchise history. But when I look at this, I say this isn't just about this year. This is about the fact that the ownership group that took over this team when they did so back in 2006 said, yes, we are bringing winning baseball back to Cincinnati and we've been to the playoffs three times and we haven't advanced any times. And this was kind of a year where you're looking and you're saying this could happen. They, they have a nice team put together a very good lineup and decent pitching, not as good as in 2020, but for the most part, something that could work. The only problem would be the bullpen. And we knew that in the preseason. Mm -hmm. We knew that in the early season. We knew that in the middle season. And then they tried to make a trade for a couple of guys who at best brought them back to even with where they were before they got rid of Rice Iglesias and Archie Bradley and probably more likely was still a step down from where they were. So the bullpen actually wasn't even the biggest problem in the last half of the season. It was the lineup. The lineup disappeared. Like, Whenever you had Castellanos maybe kind of starting off a little bit slowly, which he didn't really start off that slow. He kind of did that thing where he started off hot, was hot in the middle, and was hot in the end. He just kind of got hurt for a month in the middle. But whenever somebody was down, someone else was up. For the month of September, everybody was down. And when Nick Castellanos got his hits, there was nobody on base to bring in. So, okay, he gets on base, and then the next couple of guys behind him don't do anything. It was just a constant day in, day out of does not matter who they're facing. They were getting shut down by mm -hmm. uh, mostly left-handed pitchers that mostly threw about 85 miles an hour on average, <laughs> and it was so frustrating to watch just the on-field product there. But I think probably the the detail that we focus on is the September struggles of the lineup, and the overarching picture is the front office and the ownership's inability to go all in, which I know is an interesting dichotomy compared to the Padres. Yep. Yep, that's I was just about to thank you for helping with the segue. Jeff Carr, ladies and gentlemen, is perfect at this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, go check out everybody. Uh, the Lockdown MLB uh, playoff special in which both fun. Jeff Carr and Mr. Sully Baseball Lockdown MLB uh, broke down all this stuff. There's even a cameo of yours truly in there hidden. It's about an hour and everybody could look it up, but uh, <laughs> definitely check out the rest of it. That's it. That's a, such an interesting thing, right? That's what I find. So both of our teams are similar in the sense that we both had fall-offs one more than the other i would argue not to be biased or anything but like the you know the both teams were expected to be the race it was supposed to be reds padres this is it all those other teams are out maybe the phillies might sneak in there for some reason if they ever figure out how to have anybody that's you know not brace harper do anything for them that doesn't happen and you look at the reds they're a team that and I, I've, I've talked to you about this before where i just don't understand how that franchise organization is run in the sense of you, you go for you have those years where you, you bring in Bauer at the deadline, you bring in Puig like they love taking shots when they're not in contention, which is still a valuable attribute. I like that. It means you're kind of sneaking in there, picking up the little pieces, dare I say, when no one's paying attention. The Padres are known for doing that as well, but didn't work as much this year. But they do that, too. And then, right, it's this year. It's like Castellanos and Jesse Winker were were regarded as MVP candidates for a good portion of the season. And then you have uh, the mighty Wade Miley, uh, as you called him, I think, at one point. Uh, just hey. kind of low-key had a really, really solid season. Everyone disrespected him after the no-hitter. 
And he remained a pretty solid pitcher throughout the year. I remember everyone was like, oh, my God, if Wade Miley throws a no hitter, that's when you know it's gotten out of control. And I felt so when everyone freaked out. They're like, no, they grow on (laughs) trees now. He's just sitting there like, hey, what the heck, guys? Like, like, I'm trying my best out here. And you're saying, oh, this is when, you know, it's a a total fluke. And he was actually pretty good. And then you look at some other pitchers on that team, not incredible but not awful either like they were able to get some stuff and like you said with the lineup i know that um one guy that i have to ask about which has been i just he's a great example of baseball being stupid in the sense that guys just go for being really good players to not just ah they're fine no no you're like useless at this point eugenio suarez who just the power was there but what was his final slash slide? I'm just checking right now. I think it was below 200 batting average. If I'm not here's mistaken. and here's the funny thing about that. He climbed up to 198 because for much of the season he was at 175. In fact, his month of September was phenomenal, and it's going to be the most annoying thing about this off season is for me to rack my brain and be like, okay. Is he September a Eugenio Suarez or is the other six months of the seasons a Eugenio Suarez? Like, what mm-hmm. is he? Because even in the shortened season, he had a he had a bit of a struggle. And, and we're just like, man, this was supposed to be the guy. Like, we said it after 2019 where he almost hit 50 home runs. He was the guy that was kind of taking the torch from Joey Votto. Like, okay, you are now the face of the franchise. And ever since we've said that, I think he's batting like a buck 85. It's ridiculously mm-hmm. bad. And, and I think that hopefully it's something to do with him, like physically, because he had a shoulder surgery before the 2020 season. He had this freak accident in a swimming pool that he had to get uh, surgery to repair. And there's always been this wonder of, okay, is it something like that? And maybe he's just trying to physically get ready and get and get right. And maybe now he is. The only problem is we got to sit on this for like 180 days before we can start answering that question. Exactly. I mean, look, 198, 286 is disturbing for batting average on base. The slugging still, I mean, he hit 31 Bob. Shouts to anyone who had him on your fantasy team this year. He might have been valuable, but I don't even know. He might have killed you in all the other categories. But anyway, and it's like, this is a guy who's hit 270 before. This is a guy who's hit 260, 280 before. To have that much of a fall off is kind of wild. It reminds me a little bit almost of Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers, where like there's a difference between falling off versus just apparently being unable to hit the ball. And both of these guys might have injuries of what you're kind of alluding to. And that's, that's why I find really interesting. And just for, you were mentioning September, September was obscene for, uh, for listeners, uh, for what's his face. Suarez. Yeah. Yeah. 355, 446, 790. What in the Lord's name is that? You already know there's that one punk in fantasy baseball (laughs) that kept him all year and won because he just went absolutely bananas in one month. You already like held him on his he held him on his bench he's like no guys no he's he's gonna be okay he's gonna be okay i'm holding on to him and then in september he's just like ha caught it yeah but, exactly yeah. just carried their team <laughs> to the promised like, land like you say like guys usually gradually decline it's like mm-hmm. gino glitched this year yeah. like he glitched bad and then in september he glitched back good because he all of a sudden wasn't chasing pitches that he was for pretty much six months out of the season he wasn't swinging at everything like for the most part you could watch in his eyes he was coming up to an at bat and he's like i'm either gonna walk or i'm gonna hit a home run Like you Mm -hmm. could tell that that's what he was going to do. And usually when he had it in his mind, he was going to hit a home run. He ended up striking out because he struck out a lot this year too much. But in this day and age of baseball, what is too much? 
so I, I still look at Gino and I'm like, man, he's, he is a dude that, yeah, he's kind of a minor explanation as to why this team kind of went the way it did. But for the most part, they're still, they're tied to him. Uh, contract wise, it's still a pretty favorable contract if they should choose to trade him. But what, what team is going to buy a September versus the 60 games and the first six months of 2021 as to where his, uh, performance level is. I, I don't know. I, I think he's definitely the Reds third baseman next year for de facto reasons, but I look at him and, and I just wonder, cause I'm with you. Like, I mean, you know, you got guys like Eric Hosmer, who I think whenever the Reds played, it was either Eric Hosmer or, um, or will, um, will Myers, I think it was will Myers destroyed the Reds. Like he never got it's out. Caratini had a good bow, too. I must say yeah. walk off <laughs> the, walk- <laughs> yeah. the last time I was happy. Some would say <laughs> when it comes to the Padres this season. Um, but Jeff, before we break out, break down all that, I want to talk about something that constantly makes me happy. All right. It's, yeah. it's about something to do with cars. You ever heard of this site, Jeff? It's called Rock Auto. It's pretty damn good, let me tell you. And what I like about this site um, the best is that, you know, you have computers, you have laptops, you have phones. It's accessible everywhere. What I like about it the best, you save money. Simple as that. Why choose up to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump or just a Honda Odyssey fuel pump. It's not theirs. They're the ones who sell it. My mistake, whatever. Uh, but it costs uh, $3.53 from a chain store and only $2.16 from Rock Auto. They've been serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. That's a whole lot of time. They've got the reliability. They love serving you, and they've got everything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So I don't know. What are you waiting for? They're easy to use catalog, less prices. They've got everything you could possibly need for your car needs. What are you waiting for? Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Jeff, let's move on. You, yeah. you're, you're, you, have, you hereby have my permission to just grill me. Because, I, I mean, I haven't – I don't think I've been mean. I think we're just talking very matter-of-factly. But oh, yeah. I will say, Reds, like you said, there was a fall-off, but you could argue uh, maybe they regress back to the mean. Maybe they – it's more frustrating what you were saying about the ownership, right? And the ownership wasn't complacent. They decided, no, no, we're actually not going to make any moves at the deadline. God forbid we get another starting pitcher for cheap, even a reliever, which is – it's always weird when relievers don't – move around more at the trade deadline you'd think that people teams would be like yeah go ahead we go just take them take paul fry we don't like you would think that there'd be a, a crap ton of relievers moving around but oftentimes it's not it's only the best guys that move I, I don't know i just find it a little bit like there's no like uh vision there like go for a guy who you think is underperforming come on teams pull up pull up padres and sign mark blanton for nothing instead of just going for you know craig kimber or what have you but uh the padres unlike the reds the expectations were there. The ownership was complacent and spending a whole lot of money onto this team, a top 10 salary in uh, all of baseball, especially with the moves they made in the offseason. Yet it was an absolute train wreck in literally every facet of it. One of the biggest collapses in baseball history, 60 and 44, and then 19 and 39 down the stretch. Those are sad numbers, man. Those are sad numbers. 
the saddest. The saddest numbers. I, They're worse than like the numbers I got out like by my math test at middle school. It's really, really rough. Really <laughs> and, and, and I gotta say too, like obviously, and, and look, I like Lucas. He's a good kid, but I would much rather have had the Padres in the playoffs <laughs> than the Cardinals. I can't stand uh, those Lucas stupid birds. Those dumb birds in St. Louis. But <laughs> um, but when I when I looked at this Padres collapse and I just kept seeing all these different losses, and, and no matter who it was, it seemed like they were just running into wall after wall. And then the article came out in the athletic, and I forget, I, I can't remember if it was Ken Rosenthal or if it was the Padres guy for mm-hmm. the athletic. Yeah, it was Ken whoever. Rosenthal, Dennis Lynn, yeah. Eno Cyrus, yeah. It was like this huge collaboration of a thing. Like, could you see fruits of that discontent before the article came out or was that kind of like an oh my gosh this makes so much sense now um i think it definitely was like a it definitely kind of reaffirmed beliefs that i think padres fans had right where you're looking at this front office you're looking at the stuff with jace tingler a lot of people feared when they hired jace tingler and i'm not gonna lie i wasn't one of those people because i admittedly a little bit I'm a little bit ignorant when it comes to managers. I oftentimes are like, all right, we'll see the end. Move on. I'm going to yeah. go play video games now. Like, like <laughs> unless you hire like a big, big name. Otherwise I'm like, I don't know. This guy could be the next Gabe cap or this guy could be whatever. But a lot of people were wondering, you know, it's his fourth GM, AJ probably that he's hired since he joined the Padres. And now we're probably, it hasn't been announced yet as the time of a recording, uh, which is a Monday. Right after the season officially ended, the regular season anyway. Uh, I think Jason Tingo is probably going to be gone. And my thing is, he was yet another guy people feared that was just going to be an extension of the front office. And what you read in the athletic piece, and I know that some people were complaining. In fairness, I think most Padres fans were just completely like over the edge livid after they dared mention the, tr- the idea of trading Manny Machado in the article, which I thought was hilarious. I actually don't think it would be the worst move in history, although I just highly doubt they would do that. Um, and what I didn't like, here's what I didn't like. And I mentioned this on Friday show talking about the article, the mention of rival executives believe, you know what I mean? Like rival, right. of course they want us to trade. And then the comparison is the Nolan Arenado trade. Yeah, of course you want that. They got Austin Gomber for like one of the best players of their franchise history. Of course, rival executives are going to say that, but you know, I, I do think that for the most part, it just reaffirmed everything. Uh, this is a really big concern. The idea of micromanaging everything. And I actually think the athletic piece was a little bit softer on Preller's moves in the sense that, yes, the Tommy Pham one, because of Jay Cronenworth was great. Joe Musgrove, great. Tatis affords you like 25 mistakes, obviously. But are we sure the Grisham trade was good? Go look up Luis Arias and Eric Lauer. Like, I might rather have those two guys, especially because the big thing with the Padres was a lack of depth. They could not get anybody from their farm to come because they traded like 31 players for nine players. You know what I'm saying? They took a lot of swings and the analogies I've been using, you know, for a lot of the season, it's like when you get that big Halloween bag, you're excited for your big candy, but there's like two or three really good candies that you love. And now you've eaten everything except for the two or three good candies that you love. Right. Which is good. You still have your favorites, but you don't have all the fluff. You don't have the ammo. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's kind of happened with the Padres. You still have guys like C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Campizano, Robert Hassel as like top-level prospects, but all those other guys, all that fluff, all the assets, not necessarily guys that you were going to bring up, but guys that you just have to be able to move around. There's more flexibility. There's not nearly as much flexibility with this team because of the amount of moves that they've made. And Darvish, Blake Snell, except for an incredible August from Blake Snell, uh, not worth it uh, in the early going. And I think that that Trent Grisham trade is another one that we're wondering, 
Are we sure he's good? Trey Christian, are we sure he's good? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. He's he's good with a lowercase g. I don't think he's this all-star that we might have all pegged him to be, at least not yet. I I find it interesting because Eric Lauer is a dude on the Brewers that I've pegged as a valuable piece for them, not necessarily because they've put a ton of expectations on him, but because they're kind of using him in the long relief spot start role. Obviously, he's only spot start in the middle of the year. He's going to be a key long reliever for them in these playoffs. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting because we as Reds fans look at this team and we are very disheartened, but the, disheartened, I don't even know is the right word. We're frustrated with their inaction, with the fact that they don't go out and get people. But then you see a team like the Padres, who we are super jealous of this offseason, like, dude, you guys are going to get everybody. And then yeah. whenever they were talking about the Nationals possibly trading Max Scherzer, I'm like, well, it would make the most sense. And I don't mean to really to kind of rub salt in that wound but uh, yeah (laughs) just like the helicopter is over (laughs) the the war the bombs dropping oh my god i don't mean to bring that up but it's like i i i expected him to be a padre like it's things like that that are exciting to me and it also kind of makes me wonder like this isn't really a fair question and i'm sure that Mm -hmm. there are better ways to word this but do you now kind of regret the Padres being that aggressive. Oh man. It's so tough to say. Right. And yeah, for the record, like every time I hear Max Scherzer, it's just this image of the dog seeing all the helicopters. If anybody's watched the YouTube version <laughs> of the show, uh, if you're not go subscribe to both lockdown reds and lockdown Padres. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's so easy to say in retrospect, right? right? I think that the, the issue is I wish that they just made a couple, you know, even if, by the way, even if it was only the Darvish move, Yes, I'm willing to concede. All right, maybe we don't do the Musgrove one. Obviously, ideally, the only moves that the Padres make is they sign Mark Melanson, which is great. They trade from Joe Musgrove and then whatever. And then you just kind of keep going there. Maybe you're able to make the Scherzer trade. But I just think the idea of having am one, some people always get a little bit confused. When I'm talking about prospects, a lot of times it isn't necessarily because I I want them to, that they're going to be stars. I think we have the next Tatis down there, that we have the next Kershaw, which is what Mackenzie Gore has been compared to and I still think he has upside but still it's like it's not that it's just you want the flexibility you do not want to be and I know the Yankees did well this year they made the playoffs during the wild card game but like there was a concern at one point where everybody's like you have a lot of money locked up into this team and you can't really maneuver as much of course they ended up maneuvering they ended up getting Gallo and Rizzo who have been okay for them for the most part but you don't want to be in that situation where your roster's all locked up the Philadelphia Phillies are kind of in that situation where they don't really have too much maneuverability. The Padres still have a little bit, but not as much anymore. And I think that that's the big misconception with prospects. Sometimes it isn't that I like keeping them because I want them to debut. It's because I like to be able to have that maneuverability because just in case maybe Trent Grisham, isn't that all-star we saw in a truncated 2020 season. God forbid, maybe I don't want to trade CJ Abrams because maybe Jake Kernerworth next year. Is it going to be good? Do I have any numbers to support that? No, but it's called baseball. Shane Baz looks like the best pitcher in baseball right now, just the way he's been pitching for the Rays. Guess what? People adjust. People adapt or don't adapt and don't adjust. And then we find out new things. All of a sudden, their hard hit rates go down. It's so easy to log on to baseball savant and be like, why would you trade this guy, man? Look at his BABIP. It's extremely high. Like he was, he was lucky. It's all these things. It's like, well, there's so much more than that, man. It is oftentimes we hate to admit it, but there's a lot of guessing to this. There's a lot of just hoping and being optimistic and guesstimations. I should say guess sounds a little bit too mean. These people are very good at their jobs, but 
I think that that's one of the issues with baseball that we run into where it's like, that's why you want to have a CJ Abrams. What if Cronenworth doesn't repeat next year? He starts falling off or injuries and all that stuff. You like having backup plans and the Padres didn't have that. We're starting Vince Velasquez in games. We're starting yeah. Jake Arietta, the a known jerk and one of the worst qualified pitchers in all of baseball. I'm not being hyperbolic. It's literally true. And he gets sent down and all that stuff. That's a bad, bad sign uh, when you have to bring in those guys instead of your, you know, Ryan Weathers who implodes your, I don't, I mean, I, sh- where do I even begin? I mean, the Chris, so yes, there's injuries to the rotation that happened, but they just lost so much of what made them good um, and what made them exciting. I mean, they are no longer Slam Diego. Slam Diego's dead. It's dead. It's on life support. It's in It's in cryo freeze. This is Han Solo at the end of Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if we're going to get him back. I hope it's like Return of the Jedi next year. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a schmuck with weird facial hair talking to you on YouTube right now. Like, I just, it's, it's just a bad place to be for Padres fans. And yes, the Max Scherzer thing hurt. And I think in retrospect, man, I would love the idea of just being able to look at Luis Patino look at some of these other guys that they trade away, Eric Lauer, uh, Luis Urias, and be like, all right, we're going to go trade for Shane Bieber this offseason. That's obviously unachievable or anything like that right now. They're just in a a really tough position, and I think that an athletic article kind of really nailed it um, for the most part. Well, maybe A.J. Preller can get a couple of guys together, figure out who those couple of guys are, go to Tatooine, and get back the frozen and carbonite version of Slam Diego for you guys next year. But when I look at uh, what you're talking about with the different pickups, making crucial starts and crucial, trying to get you know crucial games for you, kind of makes me think of what the Reds did. They, they went out and they got Delano to Shields, which was a great story there for two seconds because his dad is the first base coach. And so you had father-son affair in Cincinnati. But then we all looked at it and we said, well, the Red Sox had them on their not 40-man roster for six months. So the Reds are going to go get them and they're going to start them. Yeah. Okay. This doesn't really make any sense. And it really points to the fact that the Reds themselves were pretty bad at putting together depth this year and, and went into the season with that sort of deficiency. And I think that you and I have covered this pretty well. I think we can put a bow on it here in a minute and kind of kind of call it what it is. We're going to do it. We're going to we're going to we're going to say it and it's going to be the official worst collapse between the two, between the Reds and the Padres mm-hmm. coming up here in just a minute. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. You know, Javi, it's the only online sports book that I trust. And we've got this amazing deal now. If you go there and you set up your profile with the promo code locked on, you'll get 100%. I'm not talking about 20%. I'm not talking about 50%. You know, sometimes you go to department stores and they're like, buy one, get one half off. No, this is a good deal. This is a 100% deal. You put in 10, they'll give you 10. You put in 100, they'll give you 100 at betonline.ag with the promo code locked on. You've got all kinds of great lines, whether you're talking about the NFL, the NBA's coming up, NHL, all that different stuff, plus MLB playoffs are getting underway tonight with the wild card game. And I'm looking at this. They've only got a couple of different things on here right now for betonline.ag. They do have the series prices up. So you can bet on the White Sox and Astros series. You can bet on the Braves and Brewers. Right now, the White Sox are plus 105. That's insane. They're winning this series. I firmly believe that. Don't tell Mm H-Town, although I told him last night. Uh, I think the White (laughs) Sox are winning. Take the White Sox series plus 105 to move on and face who I believe is going to be the Rays because I don't care who wins between Boston and New York. I think the Rays are winning that. And, uh, yeah, right here, 
boom, boom. I put my money on it. You should too. Plus oh, wow. five for the White Sox to beat the Astros in that series. And that's at betonline.ag. And what's that promo code, Javi? That promo code is locked on. Locked on. 100% more at betonline.ag. <laughs> Wow, incredible. So literally putting your mouth where your mouth is. Oh boy. I love it. I Live on it. YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. So Live. if you see the White Sox get their butts kicked, then uh, just know Jeff Carr is hurting. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> but, I got to put some skin in this in these playoffs here, you know, with the Reds not being in them, with the Padres not being in them. form of excitement. Ugh. You know what I mean? I mean, I know the my form of excitement for today when recording is just checking Instagram every five minutes to see whether or not it comes back. I'm just curious. I don't even <laughs> like Instagram. Has that ever happened to you? where like an app goes down and you're kind of like this is why do i keep checking i don't even use this thing that much i just want to go back i don't know what it is it's man the, it's uh the, there's a joke you, you did you ever see the mitchells versus the machines came out on netflix earlier this year it's, it's delightful it's an animated movie okay no okay, I, I, i'm not i'm not seeing that spoiler for anybody who has it seen just in terms of like one joke they do when the the robots are taking over they're like just see what happens when we turn off the wi-fi it just shows people in chaos like across the entire world they <laughs> blindly submit to the the robots that are enslaving the human race they're like yay wi-fi <laughs> like that's basically what it feels like every time anything goes down but Oh, yeah. No, like I'll hear of an outage of an app and I'll be like, let me go create a profile on that app just to see if it's work. Oh, yeah, you can't because it's out. I don't even have that app. (laughs) Um, I mean, wow. Uh, We've talked a lot about Padres Reds. I feel like I've talked a a whole bunch. Um, I don't even remember what your tease for the segment was going to be, to be honest with you. But uh, look, let's let's put a bow on it. Let's say. Because I, I I know who I'm gonna pick, and this isn't just Is because I'm on a crossover with you. I I think it's the mm-hmm. Padres. I I think that gotta be. It's gotta not be. Ne- not necessarily just the collapse in and of itself, but even looking at the fact, mm-hmm. yeah. If this I mean, was, it was just, 2020, it was, right? Like pretend right. for a second we don't. The world hadn't ended, and all the bad stuff hadn't happened, and we had a full 162 game season last year. Padres they weren't slam Diego yet like nobody like Tatis breaks out and all that stuff but we didn't have like the playoff stuff and all that and instead you'd be like this is a big collapse but it's maybe like a six out of ten of collapse now because it's like well in fairness this is always the Padres but for you to come in with all the expectations with Tom Verducci writing pieces about us and Sports Illustrated saying how this could be the new Yankees Red Sox and all that I just want to address one thing some people have talked about how you know, everybody was so dumb for ESPN. This was all media propagating the Padres. It's like, no, actually it wasn't. Okay. Like this, it actually absolutely wasn't. They're like, well, they just absolutely got blown out. They're not even in the playoffs. It's like, did any of you watch the first three series between the Dodgers and the Padres? There's a difference between rivalry in terms of who's the best teams and a rivalry that is the two best teams, and you can tell the bitterness. You can tell the energy is there. Giants-Dodgers, great games. Nothing against them. Do I see Buster Posey going out and yelling at Clayton Kershaw? No. Do I see Clayton Kershaw yelling at Jerks and Profar? Yes. And there's a reason. The two teams were seizing the moment. They were kind of kind of getting that energy from both fan bases who clearly hate each other. I know the Dodgers 
at least Dodgers Twitter and Dodgers Internet pretends that they don't care about the Padres. Yes, you do. I saw you guys making fun of us for like three months. Like, yes, you do. Clearly, it, it's fine. Yeah. You should like that's how this works. But don't pretend you didn't care because you know who did care? Your front office who decided to spend all that money on Trevor Bauer and then also go and acquire Max Scherzer and then also go for Trey Turner and then also go for some bullpen help and Blake trying to like, no, 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 shut up. And that's because they're <laughs> smart, by the way. That's the thing, because they're that's why they're the Dodgers. They I'm not saying the Dodgers fans were like, oh, my God, they'll definitely beat us. But they were like, you know, the, the front office is like, hey, let's patch this thing up. This team looks really good. And if not for Danelson Lament and Mike Clevenger getting hurt in the playoffs last year, maybe what we did what we're always known for which is completely choking every year with the exception. Now that I'm done making fun of the Dodgers, Jeff, uh, look, it's, I think that the big issue here is, I genuinely think it was kind of a sad moment for the sport seeing the Padres fall off. Tatis really is the most exciting player, or at least one of, if you want to be, you know, a little bit more litigious about it, like that's fine uh, between him and a few others. And it's just, it, it stinks. And what I feel like my big takeaway from this year is, you got to remember that out of all the sports, you really—it's so rare that the sport of baseball rewards you for going all in uh, in in certain yeah. seasons. You got to be patient. You have to grow your farm system and then do a couple trades. You don't empty the bank entirely. It just doesn't work as much. People might bring up that old two thousands uh, Arizona Diamondbacks team that ended up winning and then tanked and died after that, but like they still won. And it's like, yeah, but look, they barely made it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very rare they're able to go all in for a season and for it to turn out because guys just fall off. It's annoying. It's dumb. Baseball's a cursed sport. What can I tell you? But um, yeah, I think definitely between both of our teams, it is the Padres. They were the media attention. I don't think it was undeserved media attention. There was clearly a lot of hype around them. They still had, I think I saw somewhere circulating on the the Cardinals were posting about how they had like the fifth largest att- um, total attendance at home in terms of full capacity and all that. The Padres were like, like at four. Like this was a real thing. There was a lot of hype there. And people have left me YouTube comments being like, you just got gypped by the media. It's like, no, actually I didn't. Uh, that's not true. This was a there was a lot of reason to hy- uh, be hyped about this team, and nobody really expected you know Fam to be the worst RBI guy in the entire league. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And now we're looking back at this and being like, they're under 500. How in the world did that happen? Like that that does not get brought up enough. Right under that's 500. The- <laughs> Are you kidding <laughs> me, Jeff? Not Ugh. not just barely missing the postseason. Like not even getting 82 wins. Like yeah, I couldn't. We weren't the Blue Jays. We weren't the Mariners. <laughs> no, we were the the. I don't even know what we were. You know, I can't Mets. even think of a, we were the Mets. There you go. We yeah. were the Mets. I mean, there's so many Mets fans that are just like, look at our team. Look how bad we are. It's like Padres fans just don't know what to do. And it's funny, like talking about like weird media attention and things like that. Like they were overhyped. That's total bull crap. Like the Padres were a good team. And, and Fernando mm-hmm. Tatis, for my money, like you probably have an argument between Shohei Otani, but he's definitely the most exciting dude in baseball. There's a reason that the show put him on the cover. Like the show doesn't put like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a boring player. Who's really good. I, I don't know, whatever, you know, I, I'm coming up blank. This is really dumb. Anyway, terrible <laughs> segment there. Um, <laughs> but you know, they're not just going to put anybody on the cover. They're not going to, you know what? They're not going to put a Eugenio Suarez on the cover for batting a buck 98. Nobody cares about that. They care about Fernando Tatis. The Padres were supposed to be not only a playoff team in the sense of a wild card. They were supposed to contend with the Dodgers for the division. 
it wasn't supposed to be the Giants. It was supposed to be the Padres because yeah. of the team that they had put together. So yeah, there's there's got to be some changes. I think there this off season, whether it's Jace Tangler, whether I don't know, I, I don't know if uh, they even look at AJ Preller or, or what the deal is there. But mm-hmm. I, I think that this is something that we will remember because like I've talked about it for Reds fans were going to remember 2021 as a missed opportunity, but now like looking forward, like obviously the Padres have a much bigger gripe and it kind of makes me wonder like from a Reds perspective, I see some guys coming up like Hunter green and Nick Ladello who could make this pitching staff exciting. And maybe it's really hard to bet on ownership doing anything during the off season, but maybe they make a couple of moves and they add a couple of pieces that they need and they could be right back in this thing. And the Padres have a ton of talent too. What what is their current look at 2022? I think the current look, there's two things. Number one, their 2020 breakout, granted in a truncated season, was coming off of another year in which they fell off a little bit. The athletic piece also talked about this with the Framiel Reyes trade. And I remember talking to some people just behind the scenes because I'm a, you know, insider and I talk to people. Uh just kidding. I talked to Kevin AC once. Uh but like he was mentioning like yeah, the Framil Rage tried really kind of threw off the locker room stuff and I actually think that stuff matters uh every now and then. Do I think it matters with someone like Eric Hosmer? When you're so below average and you finish with a 0.0 war, there's only like you you got to be at least average. You know what I mean? Before I start taking into account, because then I don't really care what's going out of the locker room. I don't care if you're a nice guy, if you're getting paid all that money and not doing literally anything, according to, you know, all the baseball reference and and fan graphs and stuff like that. Like, that's just no, no, no. Stop. Stop being hoodwinked (laughs) by this guy. Enough. Enough is enough. And then you look at it like this respect where, you know, heading into 2020, like I said, they had a little bit of a fall off in 2019. And then 2020, they kind of outperformed their expectations. They kind of bring in a couple smaller level guys. They bring in Cronenworth. They bring in Fam. They bring in Trent Grisham. And they bring in some bullpen help. It's Nelson Lamette is back and healthy and all that stuff. Maybe they come off of this disappointing year and just kind of surpass expectations. The second thing is this. Preller is in a very similar situation to what he was in 2015. That was when, if people don't remember, when they traded for Justin Upton, when they traded for Kevin Krimble. Keg Krimble. Wow. That was, that's a, I don't know what I was doing this <laughs> That weekend. sounds like don't a really worry. cool dude named yeah, Keg. Yeah, it sounds like Keg like Kimbrell, man. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to hit the kegs. Uh, Craig Kimbrell and, you know, uh, Matt Kemp and all those guys. He was in a tough situation, but then he, he was able to retool. He was able to reload, you know what I mean? Get all that extra ammo, and then we have 2020 and, and beyond. So he's able to recover from it. He's going to have to do that in a similar fashion this year. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. But let me tell you, I could see anything. I could see them trading whatever it means to get rid of Eric Hosmer. I could see them doing that. I could see them just simply spending more, re-signing uh, Joe Musgrove, extending him, I should say, to for another contract because he was very reliable the whole year. I could see them making more trades. I could see them... I pretended to make the Shane Bieber thing a reality a couple months ago. I'm going to continue to do just that. Uh, Shane Bieber's on the clock, guys. I don't know if... Or on the block. I don't know <laughs> if you guys heard. Uh, and the Indians in their perpetual kind of lust to only sell and never actually buy uh, a little bit similar to the reds. Uh, We'll give him away for, you know, Robert Hassel and then, you know, a fruit basket, which is, you know, that's, that's all the Cleveland Indians do made the world series. Great. We're just going to trade people from here on out. Awesome stuff. 
I don't know. He about is you. not Javi Reyes. He is the watcher. <laughs> yeah, he is the watcher. <laughs> um, that's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah. The last what if, by the way, was wild. I'm excited for the yes. season finale. Um, and I, I will say the last thing I want to talk about is this. I still think it is very good. And that's why I don't like it when I get comments. Problem is you guys really bought all the BS ESPN was feeding you with, which is one something I'm literally reading for this. It's like, all right, relax, dude. Um, you you would have said the Padres were going to make the playoffs two months ago. Um, so I do think that one of the issues with baseball is, and it has to do with your team, not as much my team anymore, but the spending thing. And the spending thing, I think the issue with Major League Baseball isn't teams that don't want to give out the seven-year $250 million to Trey Turner after next season. The issue is teams like the Reds, like the A's, like the Indians, and that they're like, we won't... I remember Oakland, man. Marcus Simeon, you might have been following him this year, hitting like 43 home runs or whatever. He was often yeah. or awesome. Oakland gave him what? An offer of one year, $12.5 million, and they would have to prorate his salary over the next 10 years. You're the Oakland A's. Other things about the Oakland A's, they don't want to trade for Trevor's story despite the fact that they have a black hole at shortstop because he costs too much for this season. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the problem with the sport. Not that everybody wants to give up because look at Tampa Bay Rays. They clearly uh, are doing this well. But I think some people take the wrong notes from Moneyball and from the Tampa Bay Rays and they're like, oh, if they can do it, we can do it too. Well, you clearly haven't. You know what I'm saying? You haven't yet. I'm still I waiting. Think- you know, and that's I, a big problem is that they won't give up the the Reds are not a team that will be like, hey, we'll give you three years, 40. We'll give you two right. years, 50, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just these these teams that don't want to spend anything, you know, and right. I think that's a big problem with the game. They've done it. So they did it with Griffey. They, they did it with Joey mm-hmm. Votto. They'll probably yep. do it again with somebody else where they give this like 10 year, $250 million contract. And then they hold that contract up and they say, remember when we did this? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're playing mm-hmm. a bunch of rookies and, and, you know, uh, non-roster invitees the rest of the way. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's really annoying. And it's a thing that it's kind of like an addendum to Moneyball that nobody wants to write that book. Nobody wants to read that book and nobody wants to watch that movie because we all see it every season. We see teams like the Royals and the Reds and the Marlins and mm-hmm. all these teams that are just okay with being okay or worse. And mm-hmm. they still make their money at the end of the day. They still get their profits, but it's not about winning to them. And, and I think mm-hmm. it's, frustrating to see and, and i feel bad for guys like joey vado who i mean you're not gonna say no to a contract like that but did no, he understand not. at that age that he was going to be the pretty much uh red herring scapegoat whatever the term is for uh, i think it's scapegoat for the rest of his career that the ownership was just going to be like well we're yeah. paying joey vado we can't pay anybody else it's like yep. yes you can there is no such thing as a salary cap in baseball you can pay whatever you want to whoever you want for as long as you want for as many players as you want but they choose not to and i don't know that it's something that they can fix with this one single cba negotiation i'm a little worried that they might try to and that is why one of the biggest reasons i think that we will see a lockout and i hate that word because i think it's coming Mm -hmm. but I, I just think that there are so many inequities in this game that, yeah, you've got guys that make $400 million, but you've also got some, like, Cole Hamels was a free agent for two-thirds of the year. Yeah. The only reason for that is he wanted money. And, I mean, people could say, yeah, he's going to pitch. I mean, if Jake Arrieta is employed, Cole Hamels should be employed. 
period, plain and simple, but he just didn't want to budge on how much money he was going to get to play the game that he loves, that he knows that he's good at. So I think that this is something that the fix isn't readily accessible, nor is it going to be easy, but Mm -hmm. they've got to figure out how to fix this system. And I've just opened up another can of worms and we are already like really late. So <laughs> we can't, <laughs> we cannot continue to, to, to open this can, but it's just, it's one of those things that I, I totally agree with you. And the reds are part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And it's, it's a, it's a damn shame. I'm hopeful that both of our teams can bounce back next year. The reds I wrote about over at just baseball for those unfamiliar. That's where I'm a staff writer at really great site wrote about them and how I thought they were actually a great bandwagon team this year. They did not make it. Uh, the Padres did not make it, but let me tell you, we're going to keep going, Jeff. We're going to keep doing our podcast. We're going to keep talking stuff because I imagine there's going to be plenty of news. We got MLB playoffs and stuff like that. What else can people expect from uh, your Locked On Red show going forward? Got lots of great stuff coming up. Going to break down this season, kind of look at what worked, what didn't, and we're going to look ahead, kind of talk about some uh, Joey Votto, obviously, lots of him because I love Joey Votto, and then looking ahead at what Jonathan India, hopefully he's going to be host. I I don't understand anybody else that's going to hoist the NL Rookie of the Year trophy. It's got to be Jonathan India, and then Tyler Stevenson, what those guys bring to the table moving forward. Plus, there's going to be so many changes this offseason when you're talking about some key players that will either be leaving staying or what have you it's it's going to be a lot and we're going to break it all down each and every day on locked on reds awesome stuff man as for me gonna be checking out all the locked on hosts to be honest with you because i don't have any original thoughts uh to be honest with you i'm kidding of course uh but like i'm gonna be talking with ryan styles of locked on royals and locked on thunder for all my nba heads out there just kind of recapping the playoffs and stuff like that probably throughout because it's been a while since i've talked to that dude that's my guy um, so going to be talking with him. I imagine this week, I really do believe we're probably going to get that Jace Tingler firing. I don't think that John Heyman was lying or anything like that when that came out. I just think, as they said, it was premature. I imagine we're going to get an announcement, going to break that down, look at some candidates for who's going to be the new manager for the Padres next year, going to be breaking down whatever moves happen because Jeff, AJ Preller, he does not rest. He does not mm-hmm. rest. And the athletic piece did cover that. The man is going to make moves. He is not going quietly into the night and will not vanish without a fight. Um, I believe so you, man. It, to that. <laughs> I believe you, man. It's, it's been a good, I'm looking forward to this off season. It's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to cover, but as for our crossover, because we, I, I firmly know that we need to stop because we can talk for pretty much the entire day. And I don't know <laughs> yeah. that anybody else has that kind of time to listen to us. So thank you all so much for watching right here on YouTube, for listening on your favorite podcasting apps. I am Jeff Carr, host of Lockdown Reds. He, I mean, yeah, I pointed in the right direction this time. He is Javi Reyes, the awesome host of the Lockdown Padres podcast. You can follow us at our Twitter handles that are right there. Yeah. And more. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Yeah, take care, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.